0: Email customercare at laranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're looking at majoun, a traditional Moroccan edible that's been made for thousands of years. And I'm bringing you one lovely variation that I think you're really going to enjoy. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm really grateful for the fact that you're part of the show. So let's get into it, shall we? I am looking at this Mijoon because it came up in a conversation with next week's guest, and I'm very excited about this guest. I think you're going to enjoy what he has to say and the work that he's doing in the world. But it came up, and I wasn't really all that familiar with Majun. Okay, actually, no, I wasn't familiar with it at all, really. And Majun, if you want to look it up, it is spelled a few different ways M A J U N E, M A J O O N, M A J O U N. Because I remember when he first mentioned it, I wrote it down. I was like, oh, I really need to follow up on that. But it was not how I thought it was spelled. So it took, it took a bit. It didn't take that long to find it, actually. But essentially, it's a traditional Moroccan treat that's infused with cannabis. Think lots of dried fruits and nuts. It's kind of similar to, say, your modern-day energy bar in some respects, except it has more of those more traditional spices that you would expect to find in some of that Moroccan cuisine. Uh, Majoun is an Arabic word for cannabis confectionery, and like any type of treat that's been made for thousands of years, there are regional differences. So, if you look online, you will find a lot of a lot of different variations on how to make it. But at the end of the day, it's all basically nuts, um, like nuts, dried fruit, and spices, along with your your cannabis. Um, some people use keef in their recipes. Some people use hash. I think it was often made with hash way back. Um, So there's a few different ways to do it, of course. But the one that I am making is calling for, I think in the recipe that I found, it is calling for, I should have opened this up. Where did the recipe go? So the recipe I found was from the nourished kitchen and I was really excited to see that she had a Majun recipe on her website because I love Jenny and the nourished kitchen. I've never met her, but I have sometimes talked to her with, through some of the Facebook groups. She has like a sourdough Facebook group and she's very focused on slow, on the slow food movement, traditional cooking and that kind of thing. I have made lots of her recipes. I have a couple of her books uh, cookbooks. I just got her Vibrant Botanicals cookbook recently, and I need to sort of read through all that before I report back. But so far, reading through the index has me pretty excited for some of the things I'm going to make. Funny story: she does a lot of fermented drinks, and I've made lots of things like water kefir and kombucha and fermented sodas over the years. A lot of it through her work, her recipes that she's put out there. And I made one a little while ago. This is a couple of years ago now, I think. It was some kind of raspberry soda. And these are, their fizziness comes from the fermentation process. And I don't really remember exactly what was in it, but I was fermenting it. They were a pretty short fermentation time. So you'd put the final ingredients in one of those flip top bottles And you let it just sit on your counter to ferment for like a few days. So one of my daughters was still living at home with us at the time. And I recall for whatever reason, we're all three of us, my husband, my daughter, and myself, we're going to be going somewhere. And I'm not really sure where we are going, but I decided that now would be a good time, like 10 minutes before we're gonna leave, to try this fermented soda that I had made lovingly. And my daughter's really into that kind of stuff too. So she was pretty excited to try it as well. I guess the time was up and I was just like, Hey, why don't we try some of this before, you know, we're all sort of waiting to get ready or or waiting for the car to warm up. I don't really, I'm not really sure, but we decided now was a good time to try it. Well, I should have opened it outside because essentially this fermented soda I don't know if I was supposed to relieve, like release some of the pressure because some of them you do need to sort of open the bottle a little bit and let some of the pressure out at certain points. But I didn't do that with this one for whatever reason. I maybe didn't say that you needed to, but the stuff out of this bottle shot up like a geyser and hit the ceiling. And there was red, chunky soda because it was had like fresh raspberries in it or something all over my kitchen. Like literally, it looked like a scene from a murder, like a crime scene that somebody had just recently been murdered in this kitchen. I can, I can remember the look on my daughter's face when like I opened it and the thing shot up like it did. It was it was pretty crazy. So, of course, I think we were a little late going to wherever we had to go to because I had to try and clean up this like ridiculous mess. And of course, because it shot up the way that it did, it was everywhere like in all these like nooks and crannies there's still a stain on my ceiling from when i made this so sometimes that is a caveat that you do need to watch for that fermentation is a powerful process and can really make a mess of your kitchen but whatever remaining soda was left tasted really good so there was that and it you know they say fermentation is really good for your gut health and all that kind of thing and it's kind of fun if you have kids it's a great little science experiment to watch that fermentation process there are safer ways to do it sometimes brewing kombucha is easier but but i digress in any case i really love uh the newer kitchen so her recipe um what does she say here about majun? It's a traditional Moroccan treat made from dried fruit, nuts, spices, and cannabis-infused butter. The treat is traditionally used to bring laughter, love, joy, ease pain, and cement friendships. It's typically consumed in the evenings and to warm the body on cold nights or even to ward off a cold. I love that because uh, that's all the reasons why I consume edibles myself is for all those reasons. And hey, if an edible helps me ward off a cold, then that's just another good reason why I can enjoy them. Um, Now, older recipes usually call for dried cannabis leaves and trim, while newer recipes often favor hash instead of trim, making the treat considerably more potent. In her version in this, she is using uh, CBD. So it has sort of those non-intoxicating effects. But of course, you're going to make it just however you want to make it using whatever you wish. So Mijun consists of six fundamental ingredients, dried fruit, nuts, honey, butter, cannabis, and spices. The ingredients are simple, but they also deliver a deeply complex and rich flavor. So for the dried fruit, recipes typically include mixtures of fruits like dates, figs, apricots, and raisins in her version, she uses dates and figs. In the one that I made, I actually used dates and raisins because I didn't have any figs on hand. I already had a jar of raisins in the cupboard. So use whatever you happen to have on hand. The nuts can be like, um, the nuts include almonds, walnuts, hazelnuts, pistachios. I personally use in this one, walnuts, almonds, and hazelnuts actually, because I found that when I made it and I, I put the cannabis oil in it, it, there was so much liquid I needed to add in something more. And I had ground hazelnuts in my cupboard from when I was making Nutella before. So it was like, this is a perfect time to use it up. But obviously whatever you like is going to work, whatever you happen to have on hand. The honey helps to bind the ingredients together while also amplifying the sweetness of the dried fruit dark, robust kinds of honey, such as buckwheat, work particularly well to balance the dried fruit and herbs. Buckwheat is wonderful. I don't know if you've had buckwheat honey. It's actually one of my favorites. It has a very different taste than regular, like creamed honey. Um, if you don't have buckwheat on hand, by all means, use whatever. I actually, because I'm doing Whole30 still as the I was when I made this recipe, maybe by the time this episode comes out, I'll be done with that. But I left out the honey altogether and it still seemed to work quite nicely. And to say that it would amplify the sweetness of the dried fruit, a lot of dried fruit's pretty sweet anyway. And because I probably used more dates than raisins, I wasn't too worried about the sweetness. Um, the butter, I ended up using coconut oil. You could also use, you could use your salted butter. You could infuse some ghee and use that. There's there's certainly no reason why you can't really add almost any fat, Again, these recipes are all wonderful to modify however you see fit and with whatever you have on hand. And finally, spices. Typically include a wide variety of sweet warming herbs such as cinnamon, anise, is that how you say it? I always say anise, anise, I've heard it both ways, ginger, nutmeg, fenugreek, cardamom, and cumin. And so I happen to have all those on hand. She does say that if you buy uh, Ras Al Hanout, that's a Moroccan spice blend. So if you don't have all those spices on hand, you could buy this Moroccan spice blend, and it's going to have all those similar uh, flavor profile in it that you can use. And of course, this spice blend makes it very different than traditional sweets that we're probably accustomed to in North America. And it's lovely; it's really nice. So I highly recommend using that. So basically, you're going to be using your combination of dried fruit, your nuts, your honey, if you're opting for that, and your spices. Um, Some of the add-ons that she mentioned, or she made some suggestions at the end for things you could do, for like variations, I guess. She suggests you could add melted chocolate into the dried fruit, or to coat the majeun in chocolate when you're done. Um, Or you could also add citrus peel orange and lemon peel provide a lovely brightness that balances the deep flavor of dried fruit and I actually added some citrus zest to mine and I did think it was pretty nice so it's just a nice complement to the herbs and spices that are used in that recipe so that's another option that you can do as well and it's really easy to make that's the other thing that's nice because it there's it's almost like a a no cook, no bake option. So you're going to combine your dates and figs, walnuts, like or whatever you end up using, in a food processor. I used a blender because I don't have a food processor, and process them until they're all sort of like in a uniform size. And then you're going to put those fruits and nuts into a large mixing bowls. You're going to put your infusion, whatever fat that you're using, over that, over the nuts and fruit, and then you're going to sprinkle in your spices the citrus peel, whatever additional items that you're adding. And then you're going to mix by hand until it's all uniform and then form them into balls. And you can also dredge them in things like, she suggests here ground walnuts. I actually used hemp hearts because I had those and they're, you know, pretty easy to just pour into a bowl and dredge. Some people will use uh, cocoa powder. I've seen recipes for that. So you can also sort of roll them around in a nice coating as well to add another extra component, dietary component, if you will. There's the health component of using hemp seeds because hemp seeds have the perfect ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 fatty acids. Fun fact. So they're very healthy for you. And once you do all of that, you're going to put them in a, a single layer on like a wax sheet or parchment paper or something. And They'll last in the fridge for about a month. I also tend to think that these would also be easily frozen as well. You're going to want to put them in the freezer flat um, to freeze, and then you could probably just put them into bags, and then you have something pretty healthy and tasty on the go. If you dose them to your preferred your preferred uh, level of potency, you know, if you're out for a hike or you're or you're going somewhere, you're going to a concert well much depending on where you are that may or may happen be, may or may not be happening at some point soon but it is definitely a very convenient edible that you can keep on hand and it really doesn't take that much time to make because it's the ingredients are so simple if it's something that you think you're going to make making a lot of you could go out and purchase that um that uh, spice Moroccan spice blend that she recommended Or of course, you can make your own if you happen to have them on hand already. I'll put a couple, I'll put the recipe for that one in the show notes, but I'll link to a couple other ones. I found a couple other ones that are a little bit different. They do things slightly differently. Some of them are using hash and or keef. The funny thing is that I did find one with the keef and it didn't say whether or not to decarboxylate it. I would probably recommend you do decarboxylate it just because it's going to be far more potent if you do. So that's something worth considering because I'm pretty sure when I read through it, the recipe did not recommend doing that. And perhaps there was a time, you know, like I said, this particular recipe is literally ancient and there was probably a time where they weren't decarbing first just because maybe they didn't really know. In any event, decarbing is always recommended. Now you may be wondering, why am I bringing up this ancient Moroccan edible that's been around on this planet for thousands of years? That's because next week's guest happens to know a lot about history and cannabis history in particular. I think that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm pretty excited that he agreed to be on my show and he's doing great things out in the world. So it will all come together and make all, all make sense next week. So I hope you give these a shot and let me know how you like them. If you do try them out, I mean, the flavor is a little bit different. Like I said, it doesn't have that cloying sweetness that you often get in in like super, super sugary North American sweets. So it is definitely a different flavor profile, but with the simplicity of it, I highly recommend it. And like anything, you could modify it as you see fit. So give them a shot. Let me know what you think. I love to hear from you guys. And until next week, my friends, stay high.